Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Hope you're having a great, fun Tuesday night. It is still early in the week, but we are ready to talk about the Cowboys-Cardinals game that is ahead of us. We'll get into it tonight. We will also discuss one unsung hero from the Cowboys win over the Washington football team. Some observations from the All-22 tape. We'll get into all of that. And finally, we'll take a look into the changed protocols right now in the NFL's uh, COVID-19 protocol and their handling of it. So we'll talk about it all on tonight's show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And let's get to it. Let's start the show officially right off the bat. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire the rest of the season, at least. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content, but also for more Dallas Mavericks content. You can see there, Maps Journal Post Center Porzingis appears beneficial for Dallas offense. You can also read from Alec Cash, Cowboys writer for the site, and Mavericks writer too. Three observations from the Cowboys' dominating win on Sunday night. You can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. I want to start the show off because I don't believe that we can do, we can say anything else before discussing this, at least uh, mentioning it. But man, it sucks. John Madden, rest in peace. He passed away, 85 years old this morning. The NFL announced it just a few moments ago. And I'm still a little bit shocked. I believe that if you are a football fan, then you are a John Madden fan. And John Madden meant a lot to us in different ways. Young fans and older fans, I believe he hit a lot of generations strongly with his influence in the game. So... I think I found two things, uh, a few tweets that I want to mention about this uh, John Madden news because, of course, it is sad news for everyone who is into the NFL. But also, I want to read about three tweets to you. And the first one is, of course, from Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. It's part of his statement. Jerry Jones on John Madden, he said, I am not aware of anyone who has made a more meaningful impact on the National Football League than John Madden. And I know of no one who loved the game more. Rip John Madden. And then I wanted to uh, share with you this quote from John Madden because it ties, it, it goes together with another team tweet that I will mention. This is a quote from John Madden that I really love and I think that it's important to bring up in this kind of situation. He said once, if you think about it, I've never held a job in my life. I went from being an NFL player to a coach to a broadcaster. I haven't worked a day in my life. And I mentioned this quote specifically because John Gennaro from Yahoo Sports tweeted this out. And I believe that it is a cool tweet. Unless you know him personally, 
This is what at John M. Gennaro had to say, unless you know him personally, and even then, there's almost zero reason to be sad about the passing of John Madden. That guy didn't just live a great life, he lived three or four great lives. Raise a beer in celebration. So shout out to John Gennaro, who had that good thought, in my opinion, to share on his social media account, and rest in peace, John Madden. But as he said, we need to celebrate his life more than anything. Great innovator for the sport, great person, great friend, as also Troy Eggman tweeted out. So yeah, shocking news, no doubt about it. Anyways, guys, uh, thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. What is up? Uh, Jimmy, Dario. We also have JC now over at YouTube. Bruno De Silva saying Trevon Dix is going to take cookies too. Uh, Jimmy says, let's get this next win and stop Kyler Murray. We'll talk about it all tonight, by the way, because this is an interesting game. The teams are seemingly trending in opposite directions. The Cowboys, even with just that one dominating performance, the whole slump conversation is seemingly over, right? We still have some concerns, of course, whether or not they will be able to build on that 56-point performance on Sunday night, or was it just a one-week thing? But even if it is not one uh, a one-week thing, this is still a dominating Cowboys team that has the second-best point differential in the NFL. They're number one in total DVOA. According to Football Outsiders numbers, they're the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. This is a good contending NFL team, the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll discuss it and we will then talk a little bit about Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, potentially interviewing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And finally, I want to discuss one unsung hero, as you can see here in the overlay. Anyways, I think that if we want to take a look at the Arizona Cardinals, we can point out two significant advantages that the Cowboys might have in this game. And by the way, uh, that is with a good question. He says, will the Cowboys put a spy on Kyler Murray? That wouldn't surprise me. I wonder who, though, and we've talked about these kind of situations before, and we always come to the conclusion that Michael Parsons might be the best player to put as a spy, but also you don't want to waste his talent and his level of play in in that assignment, right? You want him defending the run, defending the pass, rushing the passer. So it will be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle that situation. But let's talk about, in a similar note, two big advantages for the Cowboys headed into this game. I know it's early in the week, but I want to look ahead because this is such an exciting game. Number one, I believe, is the Cowboys defensive front seven over the Cardinals offensive line. Arizona has been having some trouble offensively and some of it is a, a result of an offensive line that is not necessarily bad i wouldn't call this unit a bad unit but i think it is one of their weaklings if we take a look at the entire team one of the units that inspires the less maybe trust if you are a cardinals fan for example is that offensive line. And they've had some issues. Make no mistake about it. Some of them should be fixed soon. For example, they have Rodney Hudson as their center. He has been missing for a couple of games. He has not been playing for, for Arizona. Uh, he is 
is expected to be back. He has been activated from the COVID-19 reserve. So he should be back for the Cardinals, which is huge news because Max Garcia, their right guard, was playing center for the Cardinals. And he had been having uh, a lot of issues with the snaps. He had blown snaps. He was costing the Cardinals a lot. Now he's going to be back at his role, right guard. They have a decent right tackle, maybe. I wouldn't call him great. But here's the thing. If you take a look at Garcia as a right guard, and I know that PFF grades can be controversial, but I believe we should point this out. Their right guard ranks 60 out of 80 eligible guards. Their right tackle ranks 64th out of 84 eligible right tackles. There are some changes coming. This should improve as uh, for the unit, but they're still not that big elite unit. And facing this Cowboys front seven, you might need one of those to keep them off Kyler Murray. And one of the things, and, and I will tie this with what Dario had just asked a, a few moments ago that I've noticed is Kellen Murray, excuse me, Kyler Murray, same initials, I'm sorry. Kyler Murray is dropping back about 10 steps back sometimes and he is costing himself opportunities to scramble when he gets pressured and I believe that the Cowboys defensive front can really get that going and they can cause some havoc on the interior offensive line for the Cardinals and that will just take away a lot of running lanes for Kyler Murray because he is dropping back heavily. Wilson has a great point though. I still would not underestimate, I still would not underestimate the Cardinals, Wilson says, and he's 100% right. No one should underestimate Arizona because they have talent and they have some pretty good coaches too. Cliff Kingsbury, we don't know what his future looks like, but he he can be a very good play caller. Vance Joseph has done a tremendous job for that defense, but that, that would be the one advantage that I would point out towards. The Cardinals have four of their starting offensive linemen grade below average in at least one facet of the game, whether that is run blocking or pass blocking, using PFF's numbers. Again, not the perfect grading, of course, for PFF. However, when it comes to the offensive line, I put a lot of weight in PFF grades, to be honest with you. So I think that Cardinals offensive line will be very exploitable, just to put it one way, for the Cowboys' defensive front seven, which brings us to number two. Their cornerbacks are pretty banked up. For the second consecutive week, the Cowboys' wide receivers are going to match up versus a banked-up cornerback room. Sure, their safeties are pretty good, and they're a reason for concern, maybe. I believe that Bada Baker, uh, Jalen Johnson have done a pretty good job for the Cardinals and Buda Baker is a huge part of their success. Buda Baker is their Michael Parsons to put it one way and of course he is not really close to being the player that Micah is right now but I'm talking about his versatility. Buda Baker does a little bit of everything. He can play near the line of scrimmage. He can blitz. He is a menace out there but all kidding aside I'm not comparing him to Micah Parsons because Parsons is Right now, one of your favorites to win Defensive Player of the Year. But take a look at that secondary. They have Byron Murphy, their number one cornerback. He is healthy. Then their number two is Marco Wilson. And he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's questionable to play. Uh, of course, the injury report, the first one, will come out on Wednesday. But judging by their comments, 
he will not, uh, he's not 100% ready to play. They're hopeful he's ready for Sunday, but might, they might be missing their number two cornerback in this game. Then you take a look at Antonio Hamilton, who is their slot cornerback. He's been forced to move to the outside. Maybe he is again. Uh, that would be an issue for them. They have to call up a practice squad player, Kevin, Ham uh, Kevin Peterson, excuse me. So they're pretty banged up on their secondary. And Mark Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb were clicking last Sunday. Big advantage for the Cowboys. Uh, Joey Bella says, did you see the clips on Kelvin Joseph? I watched the old 22 tape today, this morning, and I have a lot to say about Kelvin Joseph. He was pretty, pretty good. We'll talk about it in a few moments here in the show. But still, those would be the two biggest advantages that I can point to right now as we get ready for the Cowboys-Cardinals game. Number one, that Cardinals offensive line is definitely not one of the best units in the NFL, and I believe that the Cowboys front seven holds a pretty big advantage over them. And then number two, their cornerbacks, pretty banged up and really promising for the Cowboys wide receivers. Dallas Young says, I've been disappointed in Isaiah Simmons in his Young career. This is Dallas Young. I think that this season has been a pretty good one for him, though. I think that Simmons has been able to step up his game a little bit in 2021 as the whole Vance Joseph defense, which is an ambitious defense, by the way. But 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 he uh, Simmons has been a huge part of their success. They have been one of the best defenses in the season if you take into account their recent success. So we have I have a question for you. And it has to do with what El Pipiripao is asking right now in the YouTube chat. He says, what are the odds for this next game? My question for you, from me to you guys is at minus five and a half, which is the current betting spread, at minus one and a half, uh, uh, excuse me, at minus five and a half, the, <laughs> are the Cowboys overvalued, undervalued, or fairly valued versus the Cardinals? Is this betting spread, in your opinion, too high? Is it too low? Is it just fair? What do you think about this betting spread? The Cowboys have been killing it in the betting world. They are, I believe, they should be the team that has covered, covered the most betting spreads. They have been so good in that. And now they sit at minus five and a half. Are the Cowboys overvalued, undervalued, or fairly valued? Dallas Young says, fair. Barrel Killer says, it is a good spread. Joey Bella says, it is fair. It's a, it's a pretty good one. I, I agree with Barrel. I think that minus three would be too low. I think that a full touchdown would be overvalued and there would be some betting value in the Cardinals. I will say that it is fair. I cannot say that they are overvalued, even though right now, if I were a neutral better, I would sort of lean towards the Cardinals because a lot is changing. And I think that this might be a little bit inflated just because of the fact that the Cardinals are in a in a 0-3 slump while the Cowboys are coming off from a 56-point betting spread. I think they might be you know, setting a trap for all of us right there. So I might lean towards the Cardinals, but I cannot say that they are, that the betting spread is overvalued for the Cowboys. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys to win this game, though. I'm just talking about the points. Here I'm talking about taking the points or laying the points. I sort of lean towards Arizona. 
but I'm not betting against this Cowboys team either. So Thursday's betting the Cowboys segment will be an interesting one. I can tell you and I can confess to you that I am struggling to make you pick on this game. We are 9-6, and six, by the way, on the season. We are back to a profitable road. We have won three straight, so I'm excited about that as well. No, wait. Have we actually won four straight? I think we have won four straight uh, bets on, on betting the Cowboys. Wilson says it's a good betting spread, uh, so it all depends on how much you put on the bet. Barrel Killer says... A two-team teaser, I can get the boys at plus one. At plus five, hmm, could be, definitely could be. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of betting minus five and a half in a teaser, though. That's just me, of course. Bruno says Cowboys win by 10. Anyways, it will be a fun game to watch, and we'll talk more about it as the week goes on. Tomorrow, we'll point out uh, some more matchups, maybe. We'll talk about one of the biggest advantages for the Cowboys that I left off until tomorrow that I believe it's a it's a strong one for Dallas so we'll discuss it tomorrow on primetime anyways we also need to discuss in my opinion one good player who was an unsung hero for the Cowboys on Sunday versus the uh, Washington football team and he's getting more attention right now in the in social media but let's talk about Calvin Joseph I can tell you that he had a pretty good game, in my opinion. And I've seen some threads out there uh, putting out some clips on Kelvin Joseph. I had the opportunity to finally dive into the tape this morning. And man, Kelvin Joseph was impressive. Five targets minus two yards allowed. And this is the first game in which he has important participation for the Cowboys. He has surprised us so much that people are discussing whether or not he should get the opportunity at being a starter. So the question for you guys is, yes or no, should Kelvin Joseph get a shot at starting at cornerback? It is late in the season. I will tell you my answer, though. As as impressed as I was by, by Kelvin Joseph, and we'll talk about it in just a few moments, too. But I got to say that my answer is... No, I I lean towards no. (laughs) He should get more snaps. He definitely should get more snaps because he deserves them. But right now, I wouldn't play with the Cowboys secondary. Think about this. Anthony Brown has, and this is a real number. I'm not making it up. He has 900 more snaps this season than Kelvin Joseph. I I don't think that the Cowboys should make a change here. However, even though I say no to this answer to this question, I will tell you what, Kelvin Joseph deserves way more playing time. And I'm talking about way more playing time because if you have not looked at the snap count for Joseph this season, it was at 14 snaps, 14 snaps before the Washington game. 11 of them came versus the Falcons when the Cowboys blew out Atlanta and, you know, there was garbage time involved. 11 of his 14 snaps before week 16 came in that game. Joseph definitely deserves more snaps and he was sticky in coverage. You know that the Cowboys are a pretty 
man-heavy team. They play a lot of man-to-man -man coverage, mainly cover one, um, something that we didn't fully expect from Dan Quinn when he arrived in Dallas. He, he, had, he always had this cover three label as a defensive coordinator, but he made a tremendous switch over to cover one, a lot of man-to-man -man coverage. And listen, Kelvin Joseph was sticky. And he was alone in coverage in a lot of these plays. He was playing on the backside a lot of the time, but he was right there going deep in crossers. Kelvin Joseph was looking very, very well. Even versus the run, he had a few big stops in the run. Not maybe tackles for loss, but he was right there in run support. And I think that Kelvin Joseph is impressive because we, we discussed this on Monday we discussed the fact that Joseph has not been playing for the Cowboys because of number one, injuries, and number two, the fact that Anthony Brown has been playing very well. Otherwise, Kelvin Joseph is seemingly ready to play in the NFL, but we have not been able to see him until week 16 in a significant participation. So shout out to Kelvin Joseph, definitely an unsung hero for the Cowboys, not to mention he's been an ace in special teams, at least in terms of snap counts. He's been one of the uh, Cowboys to play the most in special teams. So also he deserves credit for that. But definitely my answer would be no. Leave, the, leave Anthony Brown on the outside, Jordan Lewis on the inside. I believe that's the best combination for right now, even more so as we get ready for the playoffs, because that is another aspect of this. We need to see more from Kelvin Joseph. This was a very strong game independent of whatever was going on in the pressure world over there versus Taylor Heineke, but this was not maybe the strongest passing attack that the Cowboys have faced, right? This was Taylor Heineke heavily targeting Terry McLaurin, even though it was not working out for them. But hey, more snaps for Kelvin Joseph. We are asking for them here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Please give the man more snaps because he was balling on Sunday night versus Washington. Uh, Dallas Young says, I still want to see right before Joseph. That is a chip I cannot get, um, I cannot get into it. I, I do believe that Kelvin Joseph, I, I want to see Kelvin Joseph before Nishan Wright. And I'm excited about Wright as well, even though I strongly doubted the pick at the time. I trust Dan Quinn to make it work, but I'm not, I'm not putting Wright above uh, Kelvin Joseph. Thank you to Drew for his comment here in the YouTube chat. Thank you for real. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night. For those of you who are new to the show, thank you for being here and supporting the show. And remember to hit the like button, share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Wilson says that might be a high-scoring game for both teams. I say winner of the game will be by field goal. Of course, I imagine talking about Car Cowboys versus Cardinals. Uh, Joey says it would have been nice to see him during the Patriots game. That is right. That is actually right. Uh, Dannon says more snaps for sure. Uh, Beryl says Lewis and Anthony Brown playing well. And then he says that is the biggest reason why we have not seen plenty of football from Joseph. But hey, <clears throat> if the Cowboys really found this duo at cornerback with Trevon Diggs, with Calvin Joseph, you got to be excited about the future of the Cowboys defense. That is, of course, if Dan Quinn sticks around, which 
takes us to one of the biggest news of the day. The Jacksonville Jaguars, not even close to being a surprise, by the way, but, but the Jacksonville Jaguars have asked for permission to interview Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. And this is only the beginning, guys. We are going to have to deal with this for a long time. I believe that NFL teams will be asking for permission just about any team looking for a head coach in the NFL. And in, in the case of Kellen Moore, at the very least, I don't, I'm not sure that this will happen with Dan Quinn. I would doubt it. But at least in the case of Kellen Moore, he will not only be dealing with NFL head coaching interest, he will also be dealing with the college football world. That would be likely, in my opinion. And I know that Cowboys fans right now are scared about this because these guys arrived in Dallas and really made an impact. Kellen Moore has been doing so since he was named offensive coordinator because people forget about this. But the Cowboys offense in 2019 was one of the most efficient ones in the league. Even with Jason Garrett at head coach, then before the Dak Prescott injury, the Cowboys offense was one of the most efficient offenses yet. And then, of course, Dak got injured. And hey, there's only so much you can do with Cooper Rush at quarterback or Van Denucci or Garrett Gilbert. There's only so much you can do, right? So, and then you have Dan Quinn, who really took this defense and turned it, in, turned it into a, a, you know, potent unit after being a historical bad defense. So the question is, who would you rather keep? Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn? We want both of them to stay. But if the Cowboys could only keep one, who would you rather it be? Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn, or Dan Quinn. And yes, to answer the, the question, we, we talked about this uh, at the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, yeah, rest in peace, John Madden. Shocking news for the, for the football world. Uh, sadly, he passed away this morning. That's, uh, the NFL announced it just a few hours ago. But yeah, the question is, who would you rather keep, Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn? Stephen White, uh, Stephen White, I'm sorry. Stephen Max says, Quinn, Drew Ray says, Dan Quinn. Bruno is cheating, although I get it. He says both. <laughs> Dallas Young says, ain't no way they're going to Jacksonville. And I don't believe either that the Jaguars will land any of these guys. But I can see, I can see one of these getting enough interest to be maybe potentially a head coach in 2022. You never know. People are answering Dan Quinn all around. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. Ah, I don't know. I got to tell you, I'm struggling a little bit more than most people, I believe, to make this call. And I have my reasons. I love Dan Quinn. I love Kellen Moore. I am, ooh, Dallas Junk is completely right. He hit the nail in the head for this one. Uh, jo John Madden should be the cover of Madden 23. That would be, that would be interesting to watch. Ah, it sucks, man. I, I, I'm still a little bit in shock about that news. But yeah, I will say, I think I will say Kellen Moore. I think, I think my final answer would, will be Kellen Moore. Here's why, and hear, hear me out, hear me out. I have my doubts. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm going to try to and make the case for both of them. 
Making the case for Dan Quinn, it is quite obvious. The work that he has done with this defense is tremendous. It is something that we didn't expect. You can make the argument that these Cowboys secondary is playing way above their level of play, at least when we're discussing Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. Cornerbacks who had promise at one point of their careers, but that had struggled a lot in their careers as well. In comes Dan Quinn, and they're having, respectively, their best seasons yet, maybe, I believe. And then you have players like Neville Gallimore also balling out recently. But even without them, the adjustments has been the story of the season for Dan Quinn. Without Demarcus Lawrence, he made it work. Without Randy Gregory, he made his defense work. Basically, we, we the, the only test left for this defense is to make plays even without Michael Parsons on the field or even without Trevon Diggs on the field. Hopefully, we don't get to see that, though, because we want them to be available for the Cowboys. But the Dan Queen talk is quite obvious. It is out there, and the Cowboys right now are the best defense in the NFL. If you take a look at DVOA, if you take a look at EPA per play, just about every stat that measures efficiency, the Cowboys are number one in, in, in the NFL. So you got to have Dan Queen. My answer, though, becomes Kellen Moore when I take into account the fact that, statistically speaking, this is not always true, but most of the time, it is easier for an offense to carry over success from one season to another than it is for the defense. Defense results, getting results on defense consistently, it is way more hard. It, it is way harder. The, I, 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 am, I am messing up a few words on tonight's show. I'm sorry about that. Anyways, uh, I'm distracted for a lot of reasons, right? I'm, I'm kidding. Anyways, carrying over that success on defense from one season to another is harder than it is for the offense. And this is based on the data that we have seen from the NFL in recent years. And actually, throughout history, defensive results are way more volatile. And when I think about that, I think about getting the Cowboys offense architect to stay for a long time with the quarterback that is supposed, that is supposed to get the Cowboys to the promised land, to the Super Bowl. So I will say Kellen Moore. It is so close, though. And, of course, we don't want to miss any of these guys. So hopefully it's, it's an uncomfortable question, as, as El Pipiri Pau is saying. We don't want to lose any of, the, of them, too. And as Kenny's saying on the YouTube chat, hope that they can keep both. It seems like the kind of culture in which you could keep them both for a longer period than maybe a lot would expect. Because... You have Mike McCarthy in at head coach. And I think that McCarthy's job is pretty safe. It is pretty safe. McCarthy is not going anywhere in the near future. I know that we have discussed early in the season, like, hey, would you make Kellen Moore head coach instead, uh, instead of letting him go? That is not happening. Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and he will be for quite a while, I believe. So this is kind of the team, this is, this is a sort of team that might stick to their coordinators for a long time. Not to mention that, as Kenny is saying, no salary cap for the coaches. 
Jerry Jones is the owner of this team, and he can open up the wallet just about any time. And the Cowboys truly have a lot of young talent. So both coordinators know, Kellen Moore knows that he can stay and still be on the fast track to become a head coach if he is handling the offense that has Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamp, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. We didn't feel this way before about the defense, but now Dan Queen also knows, hey, I might still be on a fast track to a head coaching job if I'm dealing with guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Trevon Diggs. The Cowboys have junk playmakers on this team. This is the kind of franchise that might get their coordinators to stick around for a while. So, yeah, I think, I think we can see these coordinators stick around for a long time. Hopefully that is the case. James says, dude, you never mess up. One day you will be the next Colin Cowherd. Take the compliment, says James. Thank you to James over at Facebook. Uh, Kellen Moore can go, says John. I don't, ah. But we need to back up the Brinks truck and pay Queen whatever it takes to, to keep him. There is no salary cap on coach's salary. I'd pay Dan Queen $10 million a year to keep him. $10 million is pretty high, though. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm not Jerry Jones, of course. It's not my wallet. But if we compare it to head coaching salaries, $10 million is not going to be Dan Queen's salary, though, I believe. But I agree with John's sentiment, though, in paying Queen. Hopefully, the Cowboys are able to pay Queen. I don't agree with, you know, with the Kellen Moore can go part, though. I want Kellen Moore to stay, definitely. Uh, yes, sir, Maurice, he's a beast. Thank you to Joey Bella as well over on the YouTube, uh, on the Facebook chat, too. Uh, what else do we have here? Love the current staff, says Gilbert Acosta, especially Al Harris and Adam Dirt. Yeah, he wouldn't get $10 million. Wilson says he doubted. He doubts it. Yeah, I, I doubt it, too. That's a very high, that's a high number for head coaches. It is so crazy to me, by the way, random rant. It is so crazy to me that coaches in the NFL earn so little. It is surprisingly low, especially because as you guys are pointing out in the chat, both in Facebook and in YouTube, there is no salary cap for coaches. So I'm very surprised always. And let me Google it real quick because you will be surprised at these salaries. It is so weird. So this is from 2021. The middle tier of the NFL coaches is right in line with the average annual salary for new deals. Uh, Cristobal and Kelly. Oh, is this from college football, though? Mm, let me see. Yeah, this has to do a little bit with, with um, college football. So highest paid coaches in NFL this season. And they're ranking uh, Bill Belichick here. No, this doesn't have numbers. Eight million, five million for Matt Rule, Sean McVay, five million. I'm not sure these numbers are right, but they're usually below the ten million dollar mark, and that is crazy. The Wayne Wright says you won't get to the promised land with a defense. Dan Quinn started with the head coach. It started with the head coach can always call offensive plays. So I can't agree with your answer, but that's your opinion. Of course, this is what it's all about. Thank you, Tutti uh, Wayne, for sharing his thoughts. It's interesting. It really is. And it is a good problem to have. Listen, we are discussing, hey, we don't want our coordinators to leave. And that is a very nice change of pace to two, three years ago when we were done with Rod Marinelli. We were done with Scott Linehan. We wanted a change. We wanted Jason Garrett off the team. Now it is a nice change of pace in which, hey, 
don't take any of our coaches away from us, right? It's a, it's a different mindset, and that is a good sign. John Sparks says the Raiders were paying $10 million a year to John Gruden, and that was actually one of the record-setting deals, right? Thanks, Madden, says Anthony, for taking the NFL to the next level. Over and over and over again, by the way. Like, John Madden took the NFL to the next level multiple times, right? And that is insane. That His legacy is crazy. And I always like to mention what he said and Jerry Jones, I learned this from the Jerry Jones speech, by the way. I, I didn't know about it before. But when Jerry Jones mentioned that John Madden had said in his enshrinement speech into Canton, that he said that when the lights go off in the Hall of Fame, the bust talk to each other. And I always love that. So there are a lot of Hall of Famers that will still be able to talk to John Madden every night. And I've always loved that thought. It's kind of cheesy, I know. But man, it, it gives me goosebumps to think about it. And Jerry Jones mentioned it in his speech when he said, John, I look forward to talking to you when the lights go off. That was an insane moment. I was tearing up. I, I got to tell you, I cry a lot with sports-related things. I don't know why. I'm, I'm an emotional guy when it comes to sports. Uh, Beryl Killer says, does anyone know the Jimmy G status? Is it true he's out for the year? Jimmy G... Dealing with a thumb injury. Let me see what kind of updates we can get here on Jimmy Garoppolo because, hey, it, it, it sucks that he's injured once again. He might require surgery, according to a lot of uh, reports, because he tore his UCL, which really is the same. It is, this, is it the same ligament than the elbow when they get Tommy John? Isn't it the, the UCL or is that the ULC or something like that? That is weird. If we have a medic here in the show, you can you can let us know. Uh, writing huge checks won't equal Super Bowl, says Wilson. That is right. Bill Belichick is a Tom Brady in the coaching world. Oh, yeah. And, and Bill Belichick has a weird thing going, I believe, uh, because I, I might be wrong when I say this, but the way that I understand it is that the way that we have the NFLPA, the Players Association, the same exists for coaches. And I believe that Bill Belichick is the one head coach who is not a part of it, which is the reason why when you play Madden and you pick the New England Patriots, you have a generic coach pop in instead of Bill Belichick. There's something there. And, uh, and that also means that we don't have a lot of transparency into how much Bill Belichick actually makes from the Patriots. Not to mention that he's also the general manager of the New England Patriots. Remember that. That is important too as well. Uh, you can have the best players and ever win the Super Bowls as can. Great coaches are worth their weight in gold. I've always been surprised by the fact that their salaries don't compare to maybe the quarterbacks. And, I, I, and it really speaks to you about how important quarterbacks are in the NFL and how rare they are. Uh, we're looking for revenge on the Cardinals for that game last year. This is Dallas Young. And I believe they're, they're definitely thinking about it. The way that the Cowboys' mindset has shifted with Mike McCarthy, I am betting that, that, that Mike McCarthy is mentioning that scoreboard every day. It might not be that way, but I know that the Cowboys will find motivation from that ass-whooping that they received versus the Cardinals last year. 
Jimmy G is questionable, says Stevie Mac, but Lance is getting reps with it once just in case. Truly, truly a bad spot for, for, for an injury for a San Francisco 49ers team that was trending upward. So, yeah. Last but not least, wanted to leave you off for you to be updated with this. But some important news in the NFL. They changed the COVID-19 protocols. And basically, the change is in order to fit with what the CDC had to say. And it is controversial, of course. Some people will think that it is not the right path to take. Some people will think that it is the right path to take. But the CDC recently announced that the isolation period will be cut down from 10 days to 5 days if you are positive with COVID-19. So the NFL announced that they're also changing the protocol. And now players who test positive for COVID will only have to isolate for five days instead of the 10. And that goes for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players. Huge news for the NFL. Whether you agree with the change or whether you disagree with the change, this is huge for the NFL because it really changes things up, especially as we head into the playoffs. No better example than what we went through today with the Indianapolis Colts. They announced that Carson Wentz had tested positive for COVID-19. It seemed like the end of the world for the Colts because he is unvaccinated, according to reports, which would cause him to miss at least 10 days. And the Colts are fighting for that playoff spot. But now he's eligible to play this Sunday. So pretty crazy, to be honest. So yeah, I know that the city's... Uh, See, thing will become a, a little bit controversial, and you might say even political. I, I really couldn't care less about the political side of things, so I'm just I, I'm just mentioning it mainly because of what it means for for the NFL. And the biggest example that you can get from me that this is not a, a political, you know, topic here in prime time is that I'm from Mexico, so <laughs> I, I'm not involved in this at all in terms of politics. I just wanted to mention it for what it means for the NFL and from where and, and to give you some insight as to from where the decision is coming from. They should have done that since the beginning of the year, says Joey. Uh, some people will say that they have no credibility as well. It's BS to let Wentz play when he's positive for COVID. Now every defender who tackles him is exposed. The way that I understand it, and again, not not a political opinion from me. I'm not even, I, I, I don't even live in the United States. The way that they have handled it is that people are not that contagious after day five, maybe. That is the CDC reason, right? From what I understand. But there's also a lot of business pressure coming from a lot of uh, sides, even the airlines asking them to, you know, because there have been works of workforce issues as well. Anyways, Mexico is cool. Great food too, says Dario. Thank you to, uh, to Dario. Of course, Mexico is amazing. One of the best countries ever. But anyways, that is a change that the NFL announced this morning. Crazy change. Important for the NFL. Thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're new on ADC Sports, Dallas Primetime, I am here live every Sunday through Thursday night. Tomorrow, we will have one cool thing. As always, we'll talk more about the Cardinals. We'll talk more about the Cowboys. And we will get ready for one of the best games of the season 
for the Dallas Cowboys. Week 17 matchup, Cardinals-Cowboys. It will be a fun one. We'll discuss it even more in depth tomorrow night on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content, for more Mavericks content as well. Thank you guys in the chat. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow night. And thank you for enjoying the show. I enjoy hosting it as well. I will see you tomorrow night. Let's go.